Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, hey there. Thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is Ryan. I'm uh, your host today, and I'm the Connections Pastor at Journey. Uh, Sunday was message two in a five-week series called uh, Jesus and Inner Strength. Uh, welcome to many of you listening uh, from around the world. We're really glad you uh, have decided to pop on the podcast to, to learn, to grow, to get practical ideas and growing your faith, to find ways to grow as a leader. We want to every week bring you material uh, from the Bible, from Pastor Christian, from Wisdom, just trying to help you activate your faith. Uh, Mother's Day weekend, and uh, we're really glad you've uh, tuned in for uh, what we hope is a real blessing to our church and to mothers who are who are listening in. Pastor Christian, we're in a, a new series uh, called Jesus and Inner Strength. Uh, can you take a moment and explain to our audience really the hope we have for each person in this series? Yeah, so Ryan, we're, we've been just going verse by verse um, through Scripture, very specifically the book of Matthew. We started in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, spent 20 weeks in the 48 verses of Matthew chapter 5, learning the way of Jesus and then ch- and then chasing the perfection of Jesus so that so that we understand his standard cannot be attained without him, without him being our savior in the midst of that, we got a chance to experience a little bit of Jesus in marriage and had a great four weeks there. We got to talk about Jesus and difficult people, which, which was a great three weeks there. And then as we turn the page to Matthew chapter six, uh, our, our goal as a church was not to think what do our people need and where does the Bible teach that? Instead, we say, uh, what is the Bible teaching? Because we need that. And what Matthew 6 is teaching is the inner part of Christianity that that makes you strong. Jesus will say a couple times in Matthew chapter 6, go into your closet where nobody but but God is going to see how you're living your life. No one may pat you on the back for it, but God will reward you and this will really deepen your faith and make you more like Jesus. So because we are just walking through Scripture Scripture is now helping us understand the importance after teaching us to be like Jesus, to pursue Jesus, to realize how much we need Jesus. It's teaching us to develop some disciplines that help us to connect to Jesus. And they're all hidden. They're all hidden things that happen in private moments of our life. Prayer, reflection, uh, meditation, um, fasting, generosity, and and trusting, which is something no one can see but God but something that can impact us deeply. So I'm so excited for this series because the premise of this series is to learn the spiritual disciplines that have the potential to lead to tremendous inner strength if we practice those. It's been a great couple of weeks. Last week, uh, Marcellus Casey, uh, the uh, chaplain for the Kansas City Chiefs, got a chance to share from Matthew chapter 6 and the Lord's Prayer. What a What a great kickoff, and then this message as well. Uh, in your message, you shared Luke 2.51. Which says, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And then, and then you talk about how our thoughts and, and, and how we can train ourselves to, to think. It's how it's really one of the most valuable spiritual practices you can develop. And one of, one of my mentors, JW, uh, tried to teach me to think, and it was really so valuable to me. Uh, how would you challenge today's young people in this discipline of thinking? 
So J.W., who you mentioned, Danielle, my wife Danielle's grandfather, yes, I think really taught us both so much about ministry. And he taught me so much about preaching because he would teach me to think about what the people were thinking and what they needed to think and how they needed to think. And he would always say, you know, it's one level of discipleship to tell people what to think. It's another level to teach them how to think. And that's what Jesus is trying to do in this series is he's trying to teach us how to think. And really that's what tonight was about learning to reflect on things in a way that helps you see Jesus. Now, your very specific question was, how would I challenge today's young people? So our young people already have this discipline of thinking. They have been raised to process every thought through the lens of an audience because of social media. They think of everything through the lens of an audience and how it, how it will be received. If we can just change their audience to Jesus, we don't have to change how they think. If we can change for young people who they are thinking about yeah. and whether or not he will like the post, whether or not he will comment on the post, whether or not the post will bring him glory, whether or not the post will reveal your friendship with him for young people specifically, we're live, we're living in a world in 2021 that is lived with an audience in mind and we want to impact and affect and interact with that audience. If we can just change the audience to Jesus. If you could if you could live your life in the exact same direction but think of yourself as having one Facebook friend, one Instagram follower, one TikTok whatever they call it <laughs> and it's Jesus and you would do everything for Jesus. That's 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 what we're trying to teach people to do to process everything through the lens of Jesus and more importantly to find Jesus in in the small moments of life around the corners of the future in the crevices of the pain to stop and ask where's Jesus what's he doing here why is this happening how could he use this those are the things we learned tonight from Mary she was this inquisitive person who was okay with everything God was doing in her life she was just curious how it was all going to connect and that made her the perfect person to be the mother and shepherd uh, of God's Messiah because she she had this heart that was already shaped to have total trust in God and to spend time contemplating what God was doing, how he was working in her story and how he was using her story for the world. That advice is uh, not only good for young people, but good for every uh, everyone we know who listens, who has to think about what they post and and. Uh, what they say and, and knowing that Jesus is the one who, uh, who we need to please and, and honor. In your first point of the message, you talk about Mary and her discipline of, of pondering. You just kind of mentioned that pondering things that Jesus said. Uh, you gave me and, and several others, uh, the Tim Keller book of Proverbs, a daily devotional man that I've thoroughly enjoyed. And I've had so many great comments from people as well. I've since passed it on to my son. And uh, he is going through it, but with the hope that he's going to ponder the same the same truths that are shared in the book of Proverbs about life and leadership. We've got a lot of leaders who listen to the podcast when it when it comes to to leadership, Pastor Christian. How how has pondering? Because I know you think a lot. How has it helped you make major decisions at church and in life? So there's a lot of voices in my head, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's funny we we described pondering. Uh, we describe the the Greek word for pondering, um, symbolus, as meeting with yourself 
about yourself, having a meeting with yourself about your day. And literally, if you, if you could picture yourself at the, at the end of every day. So let's talk about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, right? If you could picture yourself mentally, you got this room in your house that has a chair for you. And then it, you know, a chair, I don't know how many nights he had. So we'll go with the Jesus flavor, 12 other chairs. And every night before you go to bed, you go down and you sit down in your chair. And then you invite 12 experiences from your day in. Maybe they're people, maybe they're experiences, maybe they're things you did, maybe they're things someone did to you. And you invite them around the table and you just talk about, all right, what happened? How did this impact my soul? How could Jesus use this to help me see him more or to help me see the world like he sees the world more? How how did what you, chair number seven, how did what you did today to me how does that help me rely on Jesus more or make or force me to trust him more? Um, as a, as a leader, I think it's so important not, not just to, not just to think about what is happening, but to think about how you can know Jesus better through what is happening and how you can bring glory to Jesus better through what is happening. How can you use every experience of life to either know Jesus more deeply or point people to Jesus more clearly or both? And, and, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate, um, that as a leader, I, I lead a church. So it is not, um, even if it's not in my inner DNA, even if my spiritual maturity isn't at a point to process everything through the lens of Jesus and his mission. It's my job. It's my responsibility. It's what, it's what our, it's what our elders have assigned me. Even when you don't want to, even when you wouldn't naturally, um, even when everything in your flesh wants to do something else, Christian, your job is to ponder everything at our church through how can we use this to help people draw closer to Jesus or see him more clearly or serve him more impactfully. So I'm fortunate in that God has called me to a job that forces me to think more like Jesus wants every Christian to think. But I think it's important to sit down with the people and experiences of your day and have a conversation. Okay, this happened to me. How does it help me see Jesus more clearly, serve him in a way that brings him more glory, um, or te- or teach me to think and see the life, uh, see, see my life more like he sees my life. I think those are critical questions to ask as a leader in any organization. And then how, and, and then to ask the same thing about future decisions. All right, we're going to make this decision. Will this help people see Jesus more clearly or will it cloud their vision? Will this help people serve Jesus more impactfully or will this slow that down? Will this decision bring Jesus more glory or if we get it wrong, could it maybe bring some shame to the bride of Christ. I think in my seat, we have to constantly process decisions through the lens of we represent Jesus. We're not going to do it perfect, but let's attempt to do it well. You know, we in growth track step three, uh, want people to develop their leadership. And we talk a lot about influence. You do as you share in that. And man, when I went from a non-Christian business person to giving my life to Christ, 
I had a lot of things in my life I had to ponder about how does how does my how does my life now reflect Christ and how do I interact in a way that brings him honor and I remember having a lot of difficult conversations with myself about how things needed to change so maybe you're listening and that's you and you're a you're an active person in the business world I hope every day you're you're pondering how your life and your interactions are are, are like you said bringing Christ's glory and and how are you living in a way that uh, will point people to him but we we definitely believe that we are influencers for Jesus so a lot of uh a lot of great uh, insight there and in your point about uh, the spiritual practice of reflection. You mentioned our summer prayer of meditation and fasting. What what hope do you have for each person who who participates? So we learned in Matthew chapter five that people who hunger and thirst for righteousness are blessed because they'll be filled. So part of our summer that we'll talk more about next week in fasting is creating a natural hunger or gap in life that reminds us that we have a spiritual gap in life so that we lean into Jesus more. So I think the goal through our fasting this summer is to, is to do something physically that will help us more clearly recognize our spiritual need so that we'll be blessed as our hunger and our thirst for Jesus grows. I think the meditation practice is to teach people this act of reflecting and of pondering and of treasuring, because if we don't intentionally take time to do it, I'm telling you, like, Nothing that happens in our world, nothing that happens in our world will cause us to take 10 minutes to think about what Jesus might be doing. So I think as the church, we we need to be people who implement that into our schedule, into our times. And what better time than our prayer time than to just reflect on on what Jesus is doing in our life. So the goal is to create more dependence so we have more filling of Jesus and who he is. And to just create a little space to hopefully build a habit over the summer of pausing to see Jesus so that it becomes more second nature in our life. It's good. We've um, Prayer has been a huge part of our church, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how people are going to grow closer this summer as they uh, as they really learn how to how to meditate and, and fast. If we're going to have inner strength, it, it has to to come from truly experiencing God's presence in our lives and reflecting on it. In the message you give, you give three examples of how we can see God every day through nature, through scripture experiences. And then you share that, that one seven mile walk with Jesus could change our entire life. Um, unpack that a little bit more. Why, why in your opinion would this seven mile walk change our lives? One, because sensing the heart and the nature of Jesus, seeing the hands and the feet and the soul behind the eyes of Jesus, interacting with the person of Jesus. It's been weird even just doing this through The Chosen, you know, the mini series that's on TV. Just get in. I feel like they do a good job of casting the presence and the personality of Jesus. But even that misses by, you know, yeah. by thousands of miles who who the man would have been. Um, in the first book, and I, I, I can't remember what it's called, but in the first book of the series, The Chronicles of Narnia, that C.S. Lewis wrote, this great children's books that reveal so much about um, 
who Jesus is and what the kingdom of God is like and the world that we live in. Uh, there's a there's a little boy that lives next to the Narnia family um, whose mother is sick and dying. I think it's called The Magician's Something. But Casey and I read this series together um, a couple years ago. And this little boy finds himself in Narnia in Aslan, um, who is the um, obviously the, the picture of Jesus, the savior of of Narnia, um, near the, near the very end of the first book, asks this little boy to go on this long journey to get this golden apple that has healing characteristics and attributes for it because Aslan needs it. But he, but he tells him to only get one. So this kid goes on this journey and as he's getting the apple, um, the gold, this golden fruit, he remembers that his mom is sick and he takes two. Um, because he wants to be able to take one home to his mom who's laying in bed sick. And when he gets back to Aslan, he delivers his one that Aslan needs. And then as Aslan, who knows he has the other one, basically ask him to come clean and to, and to give him the other one as well. And as C.S. Lewis could only do in his writing, he says that that little boy, I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. Um, he said that little boy looked up into Aslan's eyes and he realized that Aslan cared more about his sick mother than he did. And he realized he could trust him with her healing and he didn't have to take it into his own hands. And he couldn't describe, he couldn't describe how it was going to happen, but he knew looking into the eyes of Aslan that he could trust him and he knew he cared deeply and it just kind of changed everything. And of course he, he confesses and he gives back the apple. He puts his trust in Aslan and he goes home and his, and his mother ends up being okay as well. But that picture in that book has never left me that if at any point in life, specifically the hardest ones, if I could look in the eyes of Jesus, I'm just convinced I would see something that would invite my total trust so willingly and without hesitation that just being with the man could change everything. And then if we, if we go further and say, okay, not just the man, but conversations about our life, if we could sit down and in the voice of Jesus, who would certainly have tears explaining the hardest moments of our life and laughter explaining the best moments of our life, if he could just explain to us one moment at a time where he was in every picture of our past, we would walk away and it would be said of us like it was said of Peter and John. Um, and we thought this guy was just an ignorant fool, but we can tell he's been with Jesus and it's changed everything. Um, I think that's how I see Jesus. I can't wait to one day see Jesus for myself. And I'm just confident that every question will be answered or that the presence of Jesus himself will remove the questions. So they don't need answers because you're finally with the one who, who makes you feel safe. Yeah. There's that great song. I can only imagine, right. That just often I think of what will the first few moments in his presence be like, um, overwhelming for sure. Yes. Overwhelming for sure. 
If you have not gotten a chance to uh, listen to the message, we encourage you to, to jump in. Uh, you can check it out online or on the JCI app. Um, our website's takethejourney.cc. You can go and find it. It's in the series, Jesus and Inner Strength. Uh, you can uh, look for message two, which is pausing to reflect some other great truths. Obviously, we can't always unpack everything that's in the message, but tremendous insight uh, that Pastor Christian shared. We encourage you to uh, to always uh, not only listen to this podcast for a little deeper insight, but go back and listen to the message as well. We want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please share it with friends, family, others that you would like to help grow in their faith. Uh, we want to help them activate their faith, strengthen your faith, help you to become a, uh, a strong leader for Jesus, an influencer for him. And uh, so thank you for listening to the podcast today. Um, moms who are listening, uh, happy Mother's Day. Those who've uh, had a mom go before them, we know uh, it might have been a tough weekend. We pray for you, and we really hope uh, you enjoyed the podcast today. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc if you got a question or comment. Otherwise, we, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.